Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another episode of Animals to the Max. I am your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. All three of you. That's a joke. I think we have four people. Uh, No, thank you so much for listening. So a big theme of this show, if you're a fan of the show, is of course we talk to people who are passionate about animals, but a lot of these people have very unique jobs working with animals. And one of my favorite parts about interviewing these unique people is their day-to-day life. Like, what are they doing every day working with these exotic animals? What does their job entail? And so if you're interested in that, and of course I'm, I'm hoping you are since you're a fan of the podcast, because that's usually our, probably our number one theme, you are going to love this podcast guest that we have today. Her name is Sam, and she is an aquarist at the Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. Sam and I actually met, very interestingly, we met on the set of the Today Show, and uh, you'll hear that story, but she is just, lives such a unique life working with marine animals, everything from sharks to octopus, I mean, to sea turtles, like, I just anyway, I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Sam. I hope you enjoyed this as well, and also, this is great. For any of you maybe who would want to pursue a career in the marine field, this is the episode to listen to. I hope you enjoy my interview with Sam. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. And you live a dream job. I try. I try. (laughs) You do? So you are an aquarist, correct? At the Adventure Aquarium? Yep. Um, So it's my first job out of school. So it's Adventure Aquarium, which is an incredible aquarium um, right outside of Philadelphia. I have the skyline of Philly in the background and everything. Um, So my first job out of school and I'm working with amazing animals I never even dreamed of working with. Uh, So right right now I take care of giant spider crabs, uh, giant Pacific octopus, um, a little baby sea turtle, uh, and a couple other tropical fish and whatnot. You, I mean, I like, so I just released this, this, uh, new podcast episode eight with Amy, uh, major, she's traveled the world. And so I, I actually told Amy, I was like, I'm so envious of you. Cause she travels the world, yeah, right. but <laughs> you are one of the people on my Instagram. I see you every day and you're posting these photos. You're feeding sea turtles. You're feeding Thanks. cuttlefish. You're feeding. Yep. An octopus. I'm like, what? So let's actually, let's backtrack. Let's okay. rewind to your childhood. Like what sparked your interest in animals? And did you ever think you would go into the uh, marine animal field? So this is going to sound so corny, but I always knew. And at one point I was sitting down and I was watching shark week and I was like, wow, I could really learn about sharks and marine animals for the rest of my life and never get bored. Um, and that was kind of what pushed me into this direction. And then my dad was like, well, you can do that for a living. And there you go. Years later, um, I grew up down at the Jersey shore. I've always wanted to go cage diving, work with sharks, work with sea turtles. Um, and then finally I went to school at coastal Carolina and that's where I got my degree. Really? That sounded so easy. So you like, so, yeah. at, so like at a young age, <laughs> yeah, that sounded so easy. I wish I could say that the same for myself. I mean, you remember when Shark Week first came out and I was just sit and glued in front of that TV and I was like, people do this and make money. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. Now, was that before you saw Jaws before or after you saw Jaws? I, I want to say that was before I saw Jaws because Jaws was okay. a little scary for me as a child, you know, <laughs> but terrifying, right? Yeah. It, it was the music and, you know, um, the whole Hollywood aspect of it. But 
I was always the furthest kid out in the ocean as a child. Um, first one in, last one out, you know, as the lifeguards are leaving, calling you saying like, you need to leave right now. <laughs> wow, that's so weird. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere in a landlocked country. It's called Idaho. It's near California. People still think we ride around on horses, by the way. You so, don't? No, we don't. I don't have a horse. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> we just traded ours in for some milk and eggs. So oh. with that <laughs> <laughs> With that said, what was that like growing up on the Jersey Shore, being able to experience the ocean, the animals? Like, tell that to our listeners. Yeah, um, it was truly amazing. And I don't think I really appreciated it as a kid. But looking back, I spent my entire summer there. Um, my whole family, we had a house down. Uh, and every day I would wake up and I'd go to the beach and just take in the amazing ocean and it just always filled me with such joy um you know as soon as you get down there that first day in june and you put your feet in the water and you're like yes this is how i'm going to spend my summer um and i would always walk along the shoreline and you know now i look at the seabirds and i i know what they were or know what they are now but um before i'd be like oh i'm just chasing seagulls around and i'd try to catch uh fish sand crabs horseshoe crabs everywhere <gasps> horseshoe crabs yeah, we have a big horseshoe crab population on the Jersey Shore. Um, so I would always put them back into the ocean, <laughs> thinking oh. they were like beaching themselves. I'd be like, no, you got to go back. I used to throw jellyfish back in the ocean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so tell – can you please just explain a horseshoe crab? Because they're so ancient. Like, they're, they're dinosaur-like, correct? They, they pretty much are. Um, they're described as a living fossil. Uh, you know, they predate dinosaurs. Um, and they haven't changed in millions of years. So all along the Jersey shore, we have a huge population of them. And every year they come, the females come onto the shore, they lay their eggs. And then these minuscule little babies somehow make it back into the ocean. You might know this, or I'm, I'm sure you do that they have blue blood and that we actually use their blood yep, to test for um, bacteria in medical supplies. So it's a really cool, crucial part of the ecosystem along with, um, you know, our daily lives. And um, at the aquarium, we actually harvest um, some eggs and we'll grow them up and then we'll release them back into the wild. So typically, I mean, just out of curiosity, how many eggs will they lay? Thousands. Yeah. You'll just kind of, it'll be picking up like a handful of sand and there's just hundreds of thousands of eggs in there. Oh my goodness. So yeah. Uh, okay. So horseshoe crabs, you have a bunch of fish, any other prevalent species along the Jersey shore? Um, so we have sand tigers and sandbars. So those are big Atlantic, um, sharks, okay. which, you know, growing up, I didn't know that they were probably only a couple feet from me at any time <laughs> when I was in the ocean. Uh, okay. and now I, I see them and I'm like, it's okay. They're, they're pretty docile. Um, but the sandbars can get about like, you know, five to six feet. That's how big ours are. And the sand tigers, they get to like 10, 11 feet. Are sand tigers the ones that have those, that crazy mouth of just teeth? Is that? Yes. So they always, their mouth is always a gape um, and it always looks a little scary and they have very pointed teeth. Um, okay. I, I usually have them sitting all over my house because I love collecting them, but uh, they always kind of look like they're grimacing at you and they're actually pretty docile. They can really coast through the water and you really see them and you're like, that shark's probably sleeping. Um, they're also called ragged tooth in other parts of the world as well. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So sorry to get distracted, but if you've listened to my podcast, this is how it's been going. So (laughs) (laughs) welcome. Uh, okay. So you grew up on the Jersey shore. You always want to work with, with sharks. Basically you want to be an Aquarius. And so you went to obviously high school to college and you land your first job at the venture aquarium. It was pretty much a a whole tidal wave. So starting my, yeah, no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
gosh. Um, so <laughs> my junior year, I was like, I really should get focused. And, um, so I had an internship and that's where I worked in Africa for a couple of weeks. Um, and then from there I went into, you know, senior year and I guess my internship in Africa impressed the aquarium enough that they're like, yeah, you know, we'll hire you fresh out of school. So let's fast forward again. Cause you like, you're so successful. So you went to Africa. Tell me about that. What was that? Like, what was that like going to Africa? That was a once in a lifetime experience. Um, and I'll never be able to repay my parents for sending me there, but (laughs) (laughs) and literally, uh, you know, my mom put me on a plane. I had no communication with them. Mind you, a couple emails every couple of days. And they sent me across the world to a country they'd never been in. So South African Shark Conservancy, which is a nonprofit right on the tip of South Africa um, that usually works with bull sharks because uh, obviously bull sharks can go up into rivers. So they always like to see where the bull sharks are going. So bull sharks um, are kind of those, you know, big top three guys you hear about. Uh, they're very aggressive. They have a high testosterone level mm. um, and they can actually travel into fresh water for long periods of time, which is pretty unheard of for a large shark species like that. So what uh, the conservancy did was study where they could find sharks in the Zambezi river. Um, so then they would take, you know, see if they could catch them and see how far up they were. Yeah. Because they had a couple incidences, as I like to say, I don't like to say the word attack incidences where, um, humans encountered sharks right at the mouth of the river. And they were a lot of females. So they were wondering, you know, where are these females going? Are the females coming? Are they going? Um, so, and they, they did that in their summer. So when I went, it was their winter. So it was their off time. So I didn't get to work with any bull sharks, but I did get to log a lot of data. <laughs> wow. And so, and they're going in, I mean, pray, I mean, are, I, I think I saw something on national geographic or something where they were taking down crocodiles and stuff like insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the extreme of the extremes. Uh, but- I, I'm sorry. Well, of course, <laughs> like TV extreme of the extremes. Right. right. So I'm just, <laughs> that's pretty much what I know about bull sharks. Yeah. Um, and they're all, you know, bull sharks are always kind of in murky water. So they definitely get that bad, um, what bad reputation for encountering humans because they can't really see that it is a human. And if the bull shark's kind of swimming along, bumps into your ankle, you don't realize it. And there's an incident. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how you say not attack, but incident. And I heard something like you're more likely to be killed by a kick from a cow than to be killed by a shark. I mean, it's, so can you tell us a little bit about people who are terrified of sharks? So I, I, you know, I always say, I always get this question and it's, you know, anywhere from little children to grown men is, you know, is the shark going to eat you? And I always say firmly, no, the shark's not going to eat me. It doesn't want to eat me. Um, but if I go into the woods, I am aware that there could be bears, coyotes, wolves. Um, so when I'm in the water, that is their territory and we both have to be aware of each other. So it could be wrong place, wrong time that the bear crosses across your path or a shark crosses across your path. And you wouldn't really say like, you know, I was viciously attacked by a bear. You would say I had an encounter with a bear. I had an encounter with a shark or an incident. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the water with lots of sharks and I've never once been afraid knowing and unknowing. (laughs) Yeah. And I see like, I mean, you're swimming with them. (laughs) Like, follow your Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, we dive pretty regularly with the sharks, uh, in the exhibits. And of course, you know, 
we're always calm and we give them the right away. And if any of their behavior, our behavior changes and we feel unsafe, then we'll get out of the water because mainly that population is a lot bigger than um, the amount of humans in there. But when you're in the ocean, I mean, you know how vast the ocean is. So don't swim alone. How about that? Yeah. 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 And you, know, you know, what's so weird and Sam, like, so I, I have, I have two alligators. I have Sonny who's almost 10 feet and then I have chompers who's around six feet. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like my babies. So, I mean, just like how your fish are to you, they're like your kids. Yes. And it's so, it's so weird when, so I go on my social media channels and people like, so I'm inside Sonny's, you know, the, the large alligators um, exhibit and I'm just, I whatever, cleaning, feeding him. And they're like, why is he not going to attack you? Or why is he not going to rip your arm off? And it's like, yes. I want to say like, well, I think, I mean, like, obviously I know, I, I, I know this animal I've had over like a decade's worth of experience with the animal. I know the behavior. I understand that they are still wild animals, mm -hmm. but he's not going to, I don't, I, anyway, do you feel the same way that I do? I know I didn't even really say much, but do you no, feel the same um, I definitely do. I mean, and you're always aware of that animal's behavior constantly. And it would be the same with your pet at home. Like an act, you know, I have a pug. All right. And he might be the sweetest thing in the whole world, but I can see if his hair starts to sit up on end or if he starts to get that little growl that something's not right. Um, and I'm sure it's the same with your alligators uh, and same with my sharks. You know, if they start to speed up in movement, get darty, then I realize like something has triggered their uh, instinct, their wild instinct. And I've got to kind of assess what I'm doing. Yeah. That is. So, did I get yeah. Close. Um, and my number one rule, especially since I, I do work with a lot of kids, because they always ask me, like, is it going to bite me? Is it going to hurt me? Is don't put your fingers near anything's mouth. Yeah. Mouth. And then you won't get bitten. I've been bit by clownfish. I've been bit by turtles. And those are cute things. But again, don't put your finger near its mouth. So the main thing I did in South Africa um, is I worked on the whale watching boat. So I went down there for the shark conservancy. Mm. Um, and we had a couple local tours come in and we had some small endemic sharks there, like cat sharks and shy sharks. Those are the really small ones that are usually in touch tanks at aquariums. If you've ever seen, they have really pretty patterns. Um, so we would teach the kids in the area that, you know, these are nice sharks and not all sharks are the big great whites, even though South Africa does have a very big, uh, great white population. Um, there are also these sharks and this is how you can kind of get up to not being as afraid um, so that was always fun to see these children come in and be like, all right, you guys want to touch a shark? And they're like, what? Like, all right, the shark's this big. Yeah. <laughs> Start at the tail end. Um, yeah, wasn't that, I mean, I, I think that would be so hard though, because like, so they live, so they're on, <laughs> they're on the coast of South Africa. You see, I mean, they have giant great whites and you see the footage of them jumping out, eating, you know, trying to catch these seal decoys. So how do you just... <laughs> How do you tell these kids like, oh, you know, sharks are great. Sharks are nice. How, what is your approach? Um, so usually I, you know, I tell them this, the general safety rules of any swimming area. So if you're on the beach, you're going to be fine. Once you enter the water, there is a possibility that sharks will be there. So just like you wouldn't go walking in the woods alone or at a dark alley, don't go swimming alone. Um, always make sure that there are lifeguards. So just make sure like your friend gets eaten before you yeah. <laughs> make sure to have a slower friend. <laughs> yeah. Get very good at, yeah. Uh, push them out further. No, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you have two or three friends who can't swim as fast as you put them out further and you'll be fine. I'm so sorry. 
nice little yeah nice little barrier no um and they you know they do have lifeguards and they have shark spotters and they mm. kind of always had um helicopters going up and down the coast to watch out for those really big great whites um but in the entire time that i was there there was no incidences yeah. and um even when i went out so we went a couple miles out to shore on a boat to go cage diving and this was the first time that i'd ever yeah this was the best day of my life this is the first time I had ever encountered a shark. I had never seen a shark in the wild. I had never touched a shark. I was fresh, still in school, not even fresh out of school. And they were like, all right, put on a wetsuit and get in the cage. Meanwhile, there are great whites jumping out of the water. There are, yeah, fin, dorsal fins everywhere. And I was like, all right, I guess it's sink or swim, Sam. Let's see if you're afraid. Like, let's see if you really talked it up. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and I got in the cage and I was just humbled by how amazingly beautiful and big these creatures were. <laughs> and I always remember you uh, brought up jaws earlier. And I always remember when they said that, you know, looking into a great white's eye is like looking into a doll's eye, you know, it's dead, it's motionless. I had a great white swim right by me and I could see its pupil looking at me, looking around, looking at the cage and then seeing the bait and then deciding, whoop, there's the bait. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? That was, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> you know what is so weird? So I had, and I'm sure you probably listened to this, Chrissy Podzerwinski. She's a senior aquarist that cage dive with great whites too on the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah. And she said the exact same thing when she cage dived in South Africa, she wasn't scared at all. She said, this is one of the most magnificent animals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And, and you know, they haven't evolved in millions of years. They're, they're perfect in my mind. Wow. And, and, and she wasn't, I mean, were you scared? No, I was really cold. <laughs> it was winter. So that, that initial like 55 degrees kind of hit me and then all fear went out and then it was excitement. What an incredible experience. That was awesome. Yeah. I still talk like, what was the best day of your life? Like, I'm sure you know, I'll get married down the road and whatnot, but like, I'm going to tell my kids like cage diving with great white sharks. <laughs> oh man. And so can you tell people, so how accessible is that? If I'm wanting to go to South Africa, is it something that's, I mean, financially, is it, I mean, how is um, it higher so, end or lower? Uh, so the flight was pretty expensive. You know, it's an 18 hour flight there and back. Uh, but once I got there, it was really affordable and really accessible. So I was right outside of Cape Town, so I wasn't even in a major hub. Um, and we could still find charters to take us out. And there is no better charter than the other. You know, do your review or, you know, do your research and make sure that it's safe and that it has all of its permits and everything. But when we got out there, there were three or four other boats in the area not attached to ours, and we were all seeing the same show or display. Other great part about where I was, was it was a big whale community. So I would look out over in the ocean and there would be whales in the surf. There's Southern right whales, which is like the second largest whale out there. Um, and they're just playing in the surf. Like you would see two kids playing. So after South Africa, that was my junior to senior summer. Uh, so I moved back or I graduated with my degree in biology and marine science. And then I did the most exciting thing ever. I moved back home. Um, from there, I, you know, I was at home and I was applying for a bunch of jobs and my mom told me to check out this aquarium in Camden, which was literally a half hour away from my house. And I applied and it just happened to be right time, right place. And I snuck in and I was the best candidate, I guess, or at least that's what my boss told me, but now I think he regrets it. Um, <laughs> yeah. and and yeah, so then I went in thinking I knew everything and I didn't know anything other than a little bit of math and some cool facts about sharks. 
So they taught me how to be a biologist and how to take care of these amazing animals that I never thought I would ever encounter in my entire life. And my, mind you, you are super lucky. Like you are so yeah, lucky because yeah. you're like one in a million. Yes. Do, I, I, do you I play that? the lottery all the time. Hopefully they didn't regret it because I've been there for four and a half years now and I'm slowly working my way up and I love it. I love going to work every day. Um, just like I'm sure you do, you know, find out what you love in life and, and find a way to make money off of it. Okay. So you jump into the adventure aquarium and you know, I mean, you know a lot about sharks. What do they teach you? What, what department are you in? So I'm a part of the husbandry department, um, and it's, uh, the fish and inverts team. So I work with all the fish and invertebrates and it's an amazing team with some of my best friends now. Um, and we make sure that all of our systems are running as well as the larger systems. So I take care of about, uh, I guess, eight to 12 systems at a time. And those are my specific okay, so systems. I, this is so foreign to me. So I just looked online. Do you have over 8,000 different animals? Is that it? Oh my gosh. Is it if you want me to count right now? I can't No, Yeah. Please we do. Have, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Over eight thousand, ranging from you know little baby clownfish and Bengay cardinals, which are this big, to our huge hippos and our sharks. Yeah, uh, the hippos are pretty cool. They're on the other team, so I don't know much about them other than don't touch them, Sam. Yes, and we will get to those later on because <laughs> I have some questions for you. Okay, so you're in charge of the husbandry team, and you're taking care of all different types of fish, which include sharks. What sharks, other eels? Uh, so yeah, we have eels. Um, I've taken care of eels before, so. We usually switch around, which is nice. That way you get a nice understanding of all the animals. Uh, but right now I take care of a lot of cold water vertebrates. Um, so I take care of the giant spider crabs, which if you're bored later, Google a picture of giant spider crabs. You might get a little hungry, but I don't anymore. <laughs> you, wait, are you serious? Do you eat them? Yeah, I think they eat them. I don't eat them. Aren't those the Alaska king crab that you see on dinner plates in fancy restaurants? Yeah, so they're all, uh, all those are, you know, obviously crabs uh but the ones i take care of i don't think you're going to see on a buffet anytime okay soon. good okay <laughs> hopefully not, not. i don't um as well as i'm trying to protect them all because i love them of course of course of course okay so what so what other animals are you taking care of so my new favorite animal that i was terrified of to begin with is the octopus and she is incredible so her name is octavia um and she's only a couple years old and we're still learning whether or not we're friends <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I try to interact with her, I try to get her to know, like, um, one, don't bite the hand that feeds. So please stop trying to pull me into your mouth. Um, two, we are friends. So I give her stuff to play with. We have enrichment. I teach her things. Um, and then I kind of see how she reacts to that. And that in itself is a learning experience. I never could read in a textbook. Oh my God. Isn't it? So you would say that their intelligence, I mean, how would you measure their intelligence? So if I was to say as a human, I'd say like nine to 10 year old. Really? And, and what do they say? Like a golden retriever is like a seven, eight year old. And then like the parrot is a 12, 13 year old. Yeah. I interned at a very reputable um, aquarium when I was like 16 years old. And they told this story about the octopus and it learned how to get out of her tank during the night and it would go over to the other tanks on exhibit and it would eat some of the fish. It would come back to the tank at night and they kept on noticing over a period of time that they kept on missing fish on different exhibits. 
And they finally realized they caught the octopus in the act. Now, that's what they told us as a volunteer intern, whatever. Do you think that's true? So I've heard that at every aquarium I've ever been at. I think it's an urban legend. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. But does that not mean that an octopus at one point did that or something similar? I can absolutely believe that. Okay. Um, Especially if the systems are close enough. She can survive with water in her head or in her mantle um, for a little bit. And then if she was curious and she was hungry, she probably would find that. Do I know if mine would be able to survive? I don't know. But the main thing is, don't let them escape. <laughs> okay, you're right. And so, and if you ever see just behind the scenes, I'm a huge behind the scenes guy. If you ever go behind the scenes in an aquarium, the the octopus tank always has padlocks on like four. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mine. Um, so I built the new, or I helped build. I shouldn't say I built. I helped build I the new octopus exhibit. We used to have the lid with the padlock on it, which was nice because then it was a, a good way for me to end our session to be like, okay. Now we're done. Like now you're back in your home. Um, but now I have built PVC up and then I put AstroTurf all over it because they're, they can't stick to the AstroTurf. So she's completely open up top. So it's a little risky, but I mean, I shouldn't say it's a little risky. It's a little different. Um, but it kind of gives her that openness as opposed to closing her in every time we leave like now i have to be like okay i'm done i'm walking away we're not playing anymore it blows my mind the intelligence of animals it really does and i can see her thinking and learning and when she camouflages into something and she's like you don't see me and like i'll lose her in this in the system like where did she go oh oh, i see her breathing (laughs) really yeah and did i mean did your perception change like after you worked with octavia i mean when you were one-on-one yeah. So uh, I worked under a previous octopus we had. So octopus don't live that long in general. Um, so we probably get a new one every couple of years. Uh, so when I first started there, I worked with another one and I was terrified of him. He was so strong and so friendly. And I was like, I don't want this thing to touch me. Now I'll have Octavia like crawl up my arm a little bit. and oh yeah, break those That's so crazy. She's amazing. I mean, even if you do look at my Instagram feed, it's all her. (laughs) It's awesome. And what is your Instagram handle really quick so people can look you up? Of course. uh, So it's Chamantha, like Samantha, but with a CH and then the number three. Um, And then you'll see it as soon as it pops up. It's all sea creatures. Oh, I love it. I just can't even believe. I just, I'm just, anyway, I I, I like all your videos. I'm not a creepy fan, I promise. (laughs) I was the only reason I got Instagram to begin with. I was like, I'm working with some pretty awesome animals. And my mom is not the only person I'm friends with on Facebook. So yeah. Yeah. Instagram. Awesome. And and so are you ever worried like with, I was just about to say Chamantha, are you ever worried with Octavia um, just with that beak? I mean, can you talk a little bit how an octopus eats? Yeah. um, So they obviously have their eight arms and they're filled with hundreds of little suckers, right? Um, and each one can taste individually. So every time she touches me, I want her to know that I'm not food, but I will provide food. So usually I'll let her touch my one hand. And then with my other hand, I'll give her a piece of food. So then she'll draw it into her beak, which comes okay. out in the center. And it is a venomous beak. Um, so that's why I don't really? want to Yeah. Uh, and then she'll kind of chomp at it. And at that point, she usually releases my hand slowly. Cause she realizes like, Oh no, no. Um, and yeah, so I would never touch her beak and I would never let my hand get too close. Um, and she's stronger than me for the most part. So I usually only have like one or two arms on me at a time. 
Oh my gosh. That is so not crazy. that big, but she's definitely stronger than me. Yeah. I've seen uh I've seen her beak a couple times when like I'm really like playing with her. Um and it'll just kind of pop out like she's like, you know, probing the air, like what's going on? Oh man. And she can crush through a whole blue crab in a couple of minutes. Do you ever put live prey in there for enrichment? Um, not usually, because uh, it's it's kind of mean. Yeah. Um, but I will have. I do have frozen blue crabs, and I do make her nice little ice um, food creations. So that way, she has to chomp through the ice to get to it in the middle. So even if I only have one real shellfish, which is blue crab, um, I might put like a piece of capelin in the middle, and she's got to crush it all. Oh my goodness. Have you ever made puzzles for her for enrichment? Like, you know, the viral stuff we see on YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. So those octopuses are a lot more advanced than mine is. She's a little young. (laughs) So I'm working up towards that. You know, it's like teaching, but, um, I always make sure that I have some type of enrichment. So sometimes I'll have a jar and I'll leave it just a little unscrewed and we'll see if she can either undo it. Um, usually she finds a different way in to just pop it off. Uh, but it's always a new challenge to come up with a different way to challenge her. So especially as she grows, like those ones on YouTube, I mean, hopefully they're doing calculus by now because I can't even imagine how you would challenge them anymore. Um, so it's always fun to be like, oh, are we using this? Because I'm going to see if she can find a piece of food and I'll create a puzzle. Wow. I mean, they're just so incredible. And so in in, in captivity, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not that too familiar with it. Don't they only live to be like two or three? Is that right? So- in captivity and in the wild, yeah. Um, oh, so, in, oh, oh, okay. So actually, in the wild too, they don't live that long. Yeah. So I, I I'm probably I'm not an octopus ex- expert, but uh, females only live like two to four years, and males can do like three to five, mm. maybe a little bit longer. Um, mm. And that's because once they mate, that's it. They mate for life. You know, that's that's the end goal. So if a female encounters a male at a younger stage, she goes into senescence, she lays her eggs, and that's it. Um, and then a male can take a while to find a female. So that's why he would live longer. Um, okay. So, yeah, the most I've seen is probably like four or five years. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And Interesting. I didn't realize it was the same compared to like to the wild and in the captive setting. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think they would take over the world if they could live longer. What other animals are you working with besides Octavia the octopus? So I just finished up um, working with one of our hatchling sea turtles. So we have this awesome partnership where we help raise up sea turtles for about a year or two years, and then we release them back into the wild. Um, so my sea turtle was, that was probably one of the most fulfilling things ever. I, you know, I got him when he was only about 98 grams. And when we released him, he was pushing 3000. So that's now, like, really quick. Why are yeah. you receiving, like, why are these turtles being rescued? So it's a big partnership with an aquarium down in North Carolina. Um, And so picture this. So sea turtles nest and they have a bunch of eggs, right? And it takes a couple days for them to come out and to hatch and then to go into the wild. And out of that, only one in a thousand will make it to adulthood. So, yeah. So these places will go, they'll find any stragglers um, or any ones that might not have made it all the way out of the nest. Um, And then they'll either take them to the aquarium or they'll go and release them right away um, or they'll send them out to partner aquariums. So we're one of those partner aquariums. Okay. And and then Um, really quick to mind you not to like, I mean, not to take in the aquarium for captivity, they're going to release them, you know, back in the wild, just rehab. Right. So, um, you know, it could be a couple weeks, a couple months. Uh, Usually we do it to a full year because it gets them to a big size where we can release them back into the ocean. 
Um, and for these animals in the wild, the most treacherous part is from their nest to the open ocean. So there's all these, you know, obstacles they encounter, which includes predators, um, unfortunately, some human interaction as well. And then finally they get out into the open ocean and that's where they'll spend like a couple years of their lives until they get big enough to settle on a reef. Have you ever just like watched those nature, like those nature documentaries in the BBC where you see the seagulls and the crabs plucking them out? And I just like, it's like, yeah, like they have little chopsticks and that's just like a little piece of noodles or something. I honestly couldn't do it. I don't think, I mean, could you do it? I would, I I would have to intervene. I know. And I always like, it's it's like when you would watch a lion take down a wildebeest, like that is their diet. That is a part of their life. Um, it would only be if I saw one, you know, being swept up in a child's bucket or going the wrong way towards the road, would mm-hmm. I ever intervene? Which is, which is a big deal. I, you know, watch something like regarding light pollution in yes, Costa Rica yep. where they're being, you know, they're confused and they go towards the streets because of the street lights. Yeah. So, um, in a lot of coastal towns that have, um, nesting beaches will have light curfews, especially around nesting season. Um, so pretty much either they have a shade that, you know, deters it from the beach itself. Um, or they have to have their lights off at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or whenever it be. And isn't that because Sam, because they're confusing the lights with the moon regarding the and following the moon into the ocean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then we he- got right. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I'm just making sure I'm just checking my facts with you. I mean, you're the Aquarius, you're the sea turtle lady. I can be your new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really amazing. I, um, when I, we first went out into the water, we were like 20 miles out and we had actual little babies that would have been swept away from hurricane Matthew. And these mm. guys were this big and there's this whole beautiful community releasing them into the wild. They would have been swept away out of their nests, drowned. Um, but you know, we put them 20 miles out to sea and they should survive. I don't, I really don't think that aquariums like the adventure aquarium and other aquariums and zoos across the nation get enough credit for the conservation work you guys do. I mean, you literally, I mean, just so much work. And the reason why, like Sam, I watched this little, I believe this little sea turtle, little hawksbill turtle. Did I see? They're beautiful. But, yes. A little hawksbill turtle. And I watched you for months. Just <laughs> this little guy just get stronger and stronger through your Instagram. And then I saw you read like he was released in the ocean. Oh my gosh. And I just, so, so backtrack, he was a loggerhead. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. So he, you know, is a little loggerhead. He starts out really dark and then he gets bigger and bigger and these beautiful brown colors and this huge beak. And every day I would walk in and say hi to him because I'm, I'm weird. And I say hi to my animals. Um, and he was always thinking and solving and feisty and always trying to bite anything I put in the water. Um, and every now and then I think about him and I'm like, He's a survivor. I know he's out there. I know he's biting something right now. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, my, I'll never forget that. I was on your Instagram and it looked, and he was trying to bite something. And you said he, I mean, what did you say? He's a fighter. He's going to, I mean, what were your exact words? Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's a survivor. He's a fighter. Like he's not going to go down lightly. He's definitely anytime, like my hand would be over here doing something. And even though he's all the way in the corner, he'd be like, what are you? Are you food? Are you trying to hurt me? And I'd be like, come on, Darwin. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. That's awesome. That's uh, I never gave him the chance to bite me because it would really hurt, but maybe a little love nip. <laughs> um, so what other animals that you were working with? Sea turtles, octopus. I also take care of this awesome, incredible blue lobster. So it's, 
yeah. So I can't always get the best photo of him or her, I should say, because she's really feisty and she hates me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's so crustaceans aren't the friendliest animals <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is an American lobster. So just like you would find off of Maine um, that you would see on most dinner plates and fancy red lobster. Yeah. Or red lobster. Yeah. Um, but she actually has this amazing genetic mutation where she is bright blue. Uh, and I think it's like one in a million or one in two million that have this genetic mutation. Um, so she's truly incredible and she's huge. She's probably about three pounds. So would definitely make a beautiful meal, but, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure if we rescued her from a Wegmans or if she was donated to us from a Wegmans. Um, so she didn't end up on a meal. No, was this the same one? Cause I worked, I, cause I mean, just for the, for, for the, for the listeners, how I got acquainted with you. I met the adventure aquarium. I was um, on the today show and you guys have helped out numerous times with me, you know, providing aquatic animals. You guys are my go-to aquarium. And I brought a blue lobster on. So I'm wondering, do you think this was the same specimen or was a different one? Um, one. Yeah. The same one. Um, So I think, I think we call her Elvis because she's blue. Like Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because, okay. The reason why, hello, I just got so excited because we were there, um, and Elvis Duran, he's a famous music producer. He yeah. was on the show, and he was so excited that this lobster was named Elvis. Yeah, and she is so feisty. <laughs> she is. They put little clampers on her. When, I, when I, I picked her up with Kathy Lee, and she was like, you know, like a regular lobster. And The main thing about um, lobsters is they can have their claws shut like that. So those are defensive claws. Um, mm-hmm. So that doesn't have anything to do with how they eat or how they survive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on exhibit, she's the only one, so nothing's going to hurt her. Um, so we can rubber band them and it's just a little rubber band. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes she slips them off and I have to put them back on. And then she has two other sets right by her mouth. And those are her feeding claws. So she uses those to eat stuff. These are only to scare predators away. Yeah. It was pretty intimidating. I mean, what do you think about people eating lobsters? Do you eat lobster? <laughs> I'm not a big lobster person. I didn't think it really tasted that well, uh, good. Um, but now I'm like, I feel really guilty about it. Right. I'm, I'm reading these articles, how sensitive they are. Um, so as far as I was concerned, you know, different nerve systems between like crustaceans and us. So like, I love blue crab. Um, but as I'm working with animals like this, I start to feel really guilty. So I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I'll just take a salad or. (laughs) Right. Um, Cause I couldn't imagine if that horror, if like I, I ordered lobster somewhere and it was a blue lobster just by chance. And I'd be like, Hey, this could have been Elvis. Like, or this could have been, you know, Elvis's best friend. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's so crazy. Cause I mean, we're just coming into this new age, which I love all this research is coming out and we're, there's so much to learn. I mean, I just keep on going back to the octopus, but who would know? I mean, who would have known? I'm reading this incredible book right now. Um, it's called the soul of an octopus. And it talks about all these different octopuses at different aquariums and how amazing they are and like things like they're perceived to be colorblind yet they can camouflage into anything they have no um maternal raising or um, any parenting at all yet they have the most incredible instincts and they know how to hunt and fend themselves off like that is an alien that has to be an alien yeah i just There, I just, I, I'm just so, I mean, and I feel like maybe in 50 years, like we're going to be so old, you and I, with our kids and our, and we're going to learn that, that lobsters were, are these intelligent beings. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't even know. 
the whole entire time or something. Yeah. Right. Being boiled alive. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not getting into that. Don't put me on record saying that lobsters are, you know, are intelligent beings, but I mean, it's just interesting what we're learning now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's a lot about the ocean and about its inhabitants that we don't know. No, I mean, it's so vast and oh my goodness. Okay. So you're dealing with the blue lobster and uh, by the way, Sam, so we met on the set of the today show and I have, I have not done a podcast about this regarding what it's like being on the today show or, you know, so can you let listeners know what was it like going on the today show, New York city? Like tell us like, what was that like? Cause you you came the very, the very first time you came. Yeah. Um, so I had brought a, a deep water isopod. Is that what I brought when we met? Yep. Yep. Looks um, like an alien. Yeah. It looks definitely looks like it's actually modeled after alien, the movie or vice versa. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you pack up this animal that obviously needs a cooler with water in it. And we had an oxygen cart and we're just like rolling them on. And there are lights and cameras and all these beautiful people and charismatic hosts <laughs> and guests handed you this animal. And I looked at you and I was like, this guy's got, I thought I had a cool job. This guy's got the coolest job ever. You know, like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying like I was doing the grunt work, but I was like, I want someone to hand me an animal and I just dazzle on TV. I just, um, I'm sorry. I just really have to back up really quick because I remember. So Samantha, my fiance was helping um, Deanna and you, ex- you know, escort the, the, the ice upon it. Mind you, there is a team of people that come with the adventure aquarium and they, they have oxygen tanks and they have a team and they have just their, their keepers there. Cause the animals, you know, just, you know, safety, the happiness is, is the most important part. So as they're willing, you know, they have this giant cooler and the oxygen tank and Deanna's pulling it. And she said like, Kathy Lee passed you guys and just was like, Oh my God. Like, just, yeah. like, what did you guys like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and I think our cart was like super squeaky loud, too. Loud. Like, in hindsight, I could have just grabbed the isopod and handed it to you from 10 feet across the room. But like, it was probably my first two months there. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to the Today Show. This is awesome. <laughs> We're like trying to like lift this cooler over thousands of dollars worth of wires. And like, so, I mean, not embarrassing. I had no idea what I, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I just thought it was so funny. I, I, cause I could just see Kathy Lee. Cause every time I run into Kathy Lee, she looks at me and gives me that look like. I was like covered in sweat and like, I'm not even under the lights. And you know, like the one PA is like, just hand on the animal. I'm like, okay, please just take the animal. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, and it's funny because, you know, I'm sure that we encounter the same thing with our jobs when someone asks us the same question or does something silly and you're like, oh my God, I've been here for too long. You know? <laughs> but not the isopod. I have to say something, Sam. The isopod, for those of you who don't know what it looks like, it looks like a giant roly poly, like pill yeah. bug. It, yes. Identical. Yeah. And and they do nothing. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they're deep water animals. So they survive on long a long time, low oxygen areas and low food. So they can just kind of sit there and veg out. And then all of a sudden they'll be like food, food. And like, they'll crawl all over it. A, a dead well carcass. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. That's. And you know, even those time-lapse videos you see online, like, mm. yeah, that sea star is a predator. That giant isopod is a predator and it probably traveled miles to get the best meal of its life. Yeah. You know, I have been 
on the, t- I, like just doing, you know, like working with the today show. And that was one of the most difficult segments for me personally to put together because it was for wow me week. And they said, yeah. we need something. Wow. So I literally sent them everything underneath my hat. I mean, I was like, we have this, we have blah, blah, you know, this and that. And they kept on saying, no, no, no. And I remember I talked to Deanna from the adventure aquarium and she was like, well, we have an isopod. I'm like, what is that? And I Google it. And I'm like, God. So, so I, I said the producers say, and they're just like, "What is this? Like, and, what the what the world?" And like, they're. I mean, we talked about the horseshoe crabs being prehistoric. These guys are pretty much prehistoric as well. Like giant bugs, right? Um, and of course, the difficulties with you being on the Today Show is like you want a marine animal, but you can't always bring it out of the water. Like this is a crustacean that you can just lift up. It's solid. You can Mm. see its whole face and mouth parts moving and it sends chills to the entire staff. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's why I like doing, like doing the show though, because like, to show an animal like that, not only, you know, obviously, you know, the today show is fun. You're not, you know, we have a fun time doing it, but you're able to show a few million people like this is an animal. A lot of people didn't even know existed yeah. and I didn't even know existed at all. And it sound, probably, probably scared a lot of people out of the water, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they the live like high. super deep, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Like deep. thousands of feet. Yeah. Yeah. And cold water. Like you're not going anywhere near that. Cold. Don't eat for anyway. That's so cool. Okay. Okay, so the Today Show was awesome. Any other uh, memorable moments? Was the set smaller than you thought it was, like on TV? It was busier than I thought it was. You know, like, it, I thought it was just, like, kind of one camera, and um, that was my first uh, interaction with TV. So I've been on a couple interviews since then, and it still wows me just how everything lines up and works out. And, uh, you know, and they never miss a beat. Like, even if I was a total dud or your animal was just an isopod that's sitting there, like they know how to make it look awesome. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of people behind the scenes. You never know. (laughs) There's a lot of crew producer. And like the cameras are all automatic. Like, yeah, they're like, watch out for that camera. And you're like, isn't the cameraman going to watch out for it? No, that's a robot. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I did a, I did a morning show in Seattle and one of the robot cameras ran over somebody ran over a guest from the biggest loser. She lost so much weight and the camera ran over. She didn't even see her. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're so thin. I just ran over you anyway. Okay. So back on to another topic. So you've worked with all different types of animals, any other um, sharks species you're able to work with at the aquarium? Um, so we have an amazing hammerhead. It's a great hammerhead. The the only one in the country, right? Yes, the only one in the country. And he is terrifyingly amazing. What's his name? <laughs> uh, his, we call him the great hammerhead, but he's also called Waldo. So when oh. we first got him, he was really small. So every day when they would try to find him in the exhibit, they were like, oh my God, where's Waldo? How um, small? How small? A couple feet. So like two, three feet. Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, that was way before my time though. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. I was probably still in high school then. Um, but now I'd say he's like seven, eight feet. He's huge. He's forever hungry. Um, and he's a huge ham. <laughs> he always loves to check out new things. I'm assuming it's in a big ocean exhibit with other yep. fish and okay. Yeah. So, um, so hopefully I'll get this right. Cause it is not my exhibit. Um, but it is our largest exhibit. It's, you know, close to 800,000 gallons. I think it's like 760,000 gallons. Just say um, 800. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, eight hundred sounds better. Yeah, um, eight hundred thousand gallons almost, and it's in an amazing figure eight shape, which allows to decrease the stress of them swimming in a constant circle oh. or a constant square. Yeah. Okay, so they're able to go in like a continual. Okay. Kind of, you know, like oh well, no, no, we're fine. Oh, we're good here, and it's always a different direction. Really? Okay. Okay. And really quick, I don't know anyone who works with hammerheads. I know that it's not really your department, but do they go in in, in uh, protected contact? Is that, or do they just, you know, regarding cleaning? For, um, oh, for when we like hang are diving with them or anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Is there protected contact with the hammerhead or any of the other sharks in the facility? No, for especially anything large like that, it's a very hands-off approach, um, and their way or the highway. So you move out of their way, you let them do what they have to do. So if you're cleaning and all of a sudden three sharks are swimming around you, cause that's where they want to swim. Just go clean to another spot. You know, don't no. stress them. Out. Do you have, um, do you have like a barrier between you? That's what I meant. Like protected. Con- no, yeah, just uh, open in the water. Um, we're in scuba gear completely. Uh, we have little T poles that if we feel like anything's getting too close to us, that we can use to kind of either, it's usually the sea turtles, direct them out of our way, um, as opposed to using our hand to turn something. Uh, And, you know, as far as the hammerhead, he has such amazing sensory organs that he knows that we're humans and not food. Uh, He knows where he gets fed. He knows usually when he gets fed. Um, So unless all of a sudden, you know, something in the exhibit triggers him to kind of freak out or anything, I'm always feel safe. So I dive with him every Tuesday. Oh, wow. Could you imagine? Had him, like, yeah. I've been like scrubbing and like all of a sudden I'm like, what was that? And I was like, Oh, it was the hammerhead. Like, <laughs> like it's Tuesday today. Like, what did you do on Tuesday, Becky? Well, <laughs> I changed the coffee, the coffee filters. Yeah, I got yeah. the reports to Bob. What did you do, Sam? I, had a- I, uh, I got, yeah, I got hit in the head with a hammer. No. Um, I used to tell when I first started working there, I used to tell my mom, like every time I got in and out of the system, especially if it was with sharks and you know, now I'm like, Oh mom, I just finished up a dive. She's like, yeah, you're fine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes, right. I am fine. Yeah. You're completely fine. That is so cool. I mean, and, and so just to let like listeners know, so you use a device, um, like, like a, like a pole you said with a, yeah, it's just a little piece of PVC shaped in a T okay. um, and pretty much it's, it's kind of for our comfort of like, Oh, I could push them away if I wanted to, but usually any animal sees it and is like, Oh, right. No, I I don't want to, no, I don't want to go near you. Okay. So I've never never had to turn a shark away from me. Never any close calls. One time I had a shark almost fall asleep on me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's not good. I had both of my hands full and my like one safety diver was like, like, just like turn around real quick. And I like turned around and she was just deciding she wanted to fall asleep, like right there. So they go into almost a trance and she just coming down, just coming down. So all I had to do was roll out of her way. And like, you know, even though I've been in the water with sharks so many times that still was like, Oh no. And then I was like, Nope, I'm good. I'm good. And I rolled out of her way. Oh, and, and, and what, what species of shark was that? Just out of- that was the tiger. So the ones with the really scary teeth. Gosh, that's wow. That is so amazing. It's all, I mean, I never thought I would be this close to 
sharks and you know and it's every other day they're like all right we're gonna go clean this or we're gonna go do that and i'm like okay we're gonna be in the water with sharks again so i have a question so when i was a kid going to sea world i remember going to shark reef and seeing all the sharks and all the fish in the exhibit and i always thought why aren't the sharks eating the fish i'm sure is that the number one question you get that is the number one question i uh, how do you get this job is the number one question and why don't the sharks eat the fish um so I always make the analogy of, you know, if I made you a sandwich every day, you're not going to go out into the wild, you know, pluck a chicken and make yourself a chicken sandwich. Like you're just not going to do that. So for these sharks, we feed them, we feed them more than they would in the wild, which is a couple times a week in the wild. They'd only eat like once a week and they'd have to travel so many miles to find that specific meal. Um, so they're just not interested in that. They're not interested in having to chase down a fish or have to find food. They know it's coming. Okay. Okay. You don't have any casualties. I'm sure once or, you know, like once or twice, you have a little slow swimmer who ends up as lunch. Nothing. Surprisingly, not by the large sharks. It's usually the smaller fish that will pick on each other. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. You know, they're kind of all living amongst each other and just like they would be in a reef mm -hmm. competition. Yeah. Are there some species of sharks that you found that you couldn't really put an exhibit together? Um, too aggressive. Not that I know of. I know obviously there's a lot of different regulations out there of what you can and can't have. Um, and we always try to stick to what would be together in the wild. Um, so we always make sure that anything that would be Atlantic, Atlantic coastal, Atlantic deep water, uh, that they would generally get along. And as long as we feed them enough, um, then I, we've never really had a problem. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And so really quick, uh, I know this is probably not in your department, but you have blue penguins. We do have little blue penguins <laughs> or fairy penguins. <laughs> so cute. And they are blue, which is surprising. Um, so they're another warm water animal or warm water penguin, just like the Africans are. Uh, and they're, you know, like this big and they're so loud. <laughs> how big, how big just for listeners who can't see you. God, I would say, I think they're like under a foot. Really? Yeah, they're, they're pretty small. I'm sure I'd have to look it up and actually. No, see no, it. no, it's fine. It's yeah, well. And if anybody who actually worked with the penguins is like, they're probably 10.2 inches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they're really cute, and they all have. I've never learned this much about penguins, but they all have their own personalities, and you know, they have like the ones that are cheeky and fun, the ones that like to flirt, the ones that like to eat a lot. Um, so anytime I get to hang out with people who work with the penguins, I'm like, so what's the drama with the penguins today? They're so emotional. I mean, even the people who work with them, I mean, all they're all just <laughs> like, it's a lot. They're adorable. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, and it's so crazy. I've worked with African, the Mangelinic and, um, um, King and, and Emperor, but I never even the fairy or blue penguin. When I saw the press release, I thought, what? Yeah. I mean, I, it was a, a definite shocker for us. Um, cause I, I wasn't, aware we were getting a new penguin species, but like, I'm not in that department. Uh, and then they were like, yeah, we're going to get these awesome little blue penguins. And they started showing these little pictures. I was like, there's no way they can be that small and cute. And then we started seeing them and I was like, Oh my God. And they live so in little beach houses cause they're from Australia. And in Australia, they have this awesome, um, initiative where they build little nesting houses as opposed to having the penguins, like actually nest under people's houses. Um, so they have like bright yellow beach houses and, oh, you know, they, they wake up in the morning and I, I hear them singing to each other. I'm not sure if 
someone sing. I think they bray, right? Bray. <laughs> They're so cute. I cannot wait to see them one day. Seriously, I cannot wait. Actually, it's a whole, whole huge, awesome exhibit too. Awesome, awesome. Okay, and uh, oh, okay, so we have to end with this because you know my number one animal okay. I'm obsessed with are hippos, and you are the only aquarium in is it in the world or the United Not sure. States. I think it might be the United States. We'll just but say the they world. Have, yeah, they have hippos. Two, yeah, two African hippos. Or, or I think they're called Nile hippos. Pardon me. Two Nile hippos, yeah. Nile hippos. And they are huge. And they're funny. And, you know, they get rowdy in the afternoon when they want to play and they want to eat. Um, but the really amazing thing is we have this awesome underwater area. So, like, you know, usually you see hippos. They're kind of sitting at the surface. And you see their cute little faces and their noses every now and then um and their ears flickering about but then you go around the corner and you see how big they are and like they'll be standing on their hind legs and you know they're taller than the six foot dad with their seven-year-old on their shoulders oh my goodness and their names are jenny and button right and button yep yep i'm such a creep i mean i <laughs> and i talked to deanna and she said they made a birthday cake for jenny or button i don't know and i was like oh my god you guys are killing yeah. <laughs> that's the fun side of their department, which is the birds and mammals is, you know, all of their animals really have these amazing personalities. Um, and they're cute and fun to work with. And you can make them like things like birthday cakes. Like if I tried to make one of my sharks, a birthday cake, it would just be a fish. <laughs> it would be like a Capelin, like a, <laughs> we can probably get creative. Yeah. Like I put a little squid ink on it for you now. Right. Uh, so they, the, the creativity in their department, always amazes me gosh incredible and I, i've seen the exhibit online once again i've never been to the adventure aquarium but i really next time i'm, I'm doing the today show next time we work together i'm hitching a ride back i'm gonna go back that's perfectly fine come hang out with octavia well i, well, I wanted to and deanna said well there's not enough room and i'm like no, i'm not gonna take up she looked at me and i'm not gonna take up two seats <laughs> i'll take up one yeah, right. we've got five coolers in the back sit on one right yeah i'll just be in the back okay so really quick so if I'm someone, a young listener, wanting to be an aquarist, working with animals, can you tell us really quick, what is your day today? Like, what is your nine to five? You yeah. go ahead. So, so I, so I get there before the aquarium even opens. Um, and my first thing to do is I look over all of the exhibits I take care of. Uh, I make sure that their temperatures are fine. The water is clear. The animals are healthy. Um, so that's all the first look. And then the second look is to make sure that everything looks nice. So obviously you guys want to come to the aquarium. You want to see that the animals are healthy, that their exhibits are clean. Um, and then my next step would be to clean the exhibits, whether it be changing the water, whether it be feeding, um, whether it be wiping the windows. Um, and that's all before we open. Once we open, I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so that includes God, like plumbing, uh, fixing pumps that are broken. Um, that includes prepping meals for the larger exhibits. So we all take care of sharks, our, the shark realm or the ocean realm exhibit, because those are huge. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of plan out my day according to what each exhibit needs. And I usually end my day with uh, my final feed. So I have a tray that I have prepped and specially measured out for each exhibit and each animal's needs. Um, and then I feed and, uh, that's usually like my one goodbye to make sure they're all good. Everybody's eating, everybody's good. Um, and then the lights go off and I go home and I think about them all night. <laughs> that's how all the, I've talked to a few zookeepers and of course, and they can't stop thinking about the animals. 
Oh my gosh. All the time, especially since it's been really cold up here lately. Um, so obviously I'm in Philadelphia. We've had record low temperatures, a lot of water main breaks. So, you know, I'll go in and some of my systems will be a little colder than they would. My cold water systems are fine. Um, but you know, we always have, uh, engineers monitoring that 24 seven. So if I got a call in the middle of the night that, you know, something broke or something's leaking or a temperature rose or dipped, uh, I'd have to get out of bed and get to the aquarium. I feel that too. I mean, so my animals are nine miles from me on the state oh, wow. river and I, and we got, I mean, now it's getting warmer, but when it, when it is freezing temperatures, I literally cannot sleep. I'm at my phone. Like, I'm just like, how, you know, how is the temperature? Like I've just, I'm, I'm uneasy. I, I totally get that. Sometimes I have to remember like, okay, you know, as long as the pumps are running, um, for most of my animals, they, they're okay. They're They're, you know, the water is what they need. If it gets a little too cold, it's never going to freeze. Um, so we have a, a, an American snapping turtle, I think it is, or a common snapping turtle. Mm -hmm. Um, and his system got like super cold, but like he's from the area. So he yeah. would be countering this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, is he going to be okay? But he's yeah. fine. He still wants I to promise <laughs> the yeah. snapping turtles will be fine. Those are my least concerns. <laughs> yeah. That's I forget. One of my friends actually picked up like three baby snapping turtles and he's like, it's the winter. What should I do? I was like, put them back. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> they're fine. They're hibernating right now. Are. Yeah. are you worrying about the deer in the woods? Then don't worry about the snapping turtle. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So what is your favorite part of your day? Gosh, um, probably seeing Octavia. Uh, I love seeing where she's hiding and figuring out, you know, if she learned a new place to camouflage. Um, and other than that, feeding the animals, cause that's when you really get to interact with them and you get to see how they're doing. Uh, and even though it might seem a little silly, but like I can tell if an animal's off, if it doesn't eat the same way it always eats every day. Mm -hmm. So even if it's swimming a little slower, all of a sudden he's not as eager. Like I know there's something wrong. So that's my animal and I got to figure out what it is. Yeah. And that's not yeah. silly at all. You know, the animals go ahead. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna say, um, also taking pictures for Instagram. Yeah. Which are great. Please follow, follow. You're my favorite one to follow on Instagram. I like everything. It's fun. Yeah. <clears throat> it's good. Especially when you get a cool slow-mo of an animal doing something, you're like, this is national geographic right here. Call me. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you always see yourself in the aquarium field or do you aspire to work with other different animals? I would hope so. Um, I really love my job and you know, it's definitely, has the advancement that I can work there for the rest of my life. Um, obviously if a job opportunity, like, Hey, why don't you host your own show on discovery channel falls in my lap? I'm not going to turn that down. Um, but for the aquarium, we are always finding new animals. They always encourage us to look into animals we want to take care of. And then we can see if we can acquire them. So it's never really going to get monotonous, which is what I wanted. I wanted to learn about animals, learn about marine organisms for the rest of my life. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. You know, was, um, hopefully I'll bring my kids there one day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, do you have any advice for anyone like last minute advice for anyone to pursue the career that you have pursued? Oh, okay. Stick it out. There's going to be some hard classes. Um, and as soon as you can go volunteer, go try to work somewhere that you see yourself. So even if it's the local little aquarium down the street and, you know, in Atlantic city, go check it out and go see if they're hiring or if they need any help, because that's how you get your foot in the door. And don't give up. I always tell people don't give up. 
don't give up. It, you know, I was a lucky shot, but there are other people out there who have worked so hard and, you know, they're above me. Well, thank you so much, Samantha, for being on the podcast. I, I learned so much about mainly Octavia the Octopus. <laughs> I'm serious. This could this podcast could be about Octavia, really. That's fine. Name. <laughs> thank you so much. I think it was very inspirational for people uh, wanting, to, wanting to pursue the career. And thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. Please make sure to hit subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps me out. I also encourage you to check out CorbinMaxi.com. You can contact me there personally, even suggest a podcast guest, or if you just want to learn more about animals.